Are you a venture capitalist, family office, or about to launch your own angel syndicate? Then this week's sponsor could be your next trusted partner. This episode was produced in cooperation with Leva, the leading platform in Switzerland to set up and manage your SPVs and syndicate your deal flow. Leva allows you to set up SPVs from your computer in just five minutes, starting from as little as 1,000 Swiss francs. As you know, Swisspreneur runs its own syndicate, and we've been using Leva since our first deal. We couldn't be happier with them. If you're currently setting up your syndicate or structuring your club deal, we recommend you to check out their website, www.leva.pe. That's L-E-V-A dot P-E. And contact the team for a quick demo. If you jump into even an early stage company or, or, or whatever that already exists, even if a lot is to be built and it's not the same than the blank sheet, right? Uh, I think it's easier to finish a story than to write it from scratch. Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show, a podcast about startup stories and learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Sylvan. Vincent, a very well welcome to the Swisspreneur Show. It's such a pleasure to meet you here in Vive today. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me here. Pleasure. You are the co-founder of NextThink, a leader in digital employee experience management software, and also one of the very rare Swiss unicorn companies. Before we talk about your journey from startup to unicorn status, I actually want to start with your personal background. You studied computer science and then worked at Cisco for seven years before starting your own venture. So back then, if you think back to these days, what was the professional landscape looking like for you? What were your plans and ambitions as a young professional? So maybe we can start a little bit even earlier because sure. initially I, I was not probably built to be in computer. Uh, when I was young, I had a even my brother or friends, they were playing with uh, the first computers, the Atari and things like that. But I was not at all into that. Um, and, you know, later I found out that many colleagues were actually, you know, which were my age, were actually more like geeks at, at this time already, which I wasn't. Uh, I was more into sports. And, and uh, as a matter of fact, I didn't pursue a lot of studying. I went into a sport career in cycling uh, and I only did, a, I mean, only in code, which later on turned to be pretty useful for practical things in life. But I did an apprenticeship um, as a mechanic. Mm -hmm. So nothing to do with uh, computer and digital stuff. Uh, but after my sport career, um, I started to to, to work again, but uh, with, you know, not a lot of uh, various opportunities. I ended up working uh, in a manufacturing plant, with, which wasn't really fun. Uh, and I looked how to, I could reintegrate uh, the, the academic world, uh, which wasn't that easy after five, six years, you know, on the bike, on, on the racing and having an outside life more than, than something uh, on a chair. But uh, I, yeah, I could actually rejoin by doing some some initial little courses and exams, and I could started the computer science uh, uh, engineering um, mm -hmm. 
school. Um, and from there, I, I had a chance to, to start at Cisco, which I, I didn't know really the company because I had no real background in, in, in technology. So it was a, a great um, opportunity to learn a lot of things, right? Uh, mm -hmm. I had opportunity to, to attend a lot of training courses and classes. And at this time, I actually got hired as a complete junior, which wasn't really the the policy at Cisco it was much more we hire the best of the best and mm -hmm. so on, but they run out of talent, right? It was in 1997, and they they start this first sort of junior academy engineering networking whatever, mm -hmm. uh, and I was you know the lucky one in Switzerland to 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 start um, as such, and uh, and I think nowadays we are back into that with a lot of shortage in in you know competencies for example cybersecurity or probably energy transition I was also reading articles that we need more you know knowledgeable people and they are don't exist so probably the private sector like we did back then uh, had to actually do the education mm -hmm. uh, to catch up and probably also the public or whatever education has to also take over but um, yeah so it was very similar I would say to now a lot of new stuff mm -hmm. A lot of uncertainties as well, yeah. but a lot of opportunities at the same time. So I, I had this this great opportunity to learn about networking, internet, mm -hmm. and mainly about market transition, uh, which I think is the secret of you know successful companies and entrepreneurship as well. Talking about market transition, what did you take away from these big companies? You know, Cisco that you worked for. What was the learning there that you could then later also apply in your own venture? Yeah, so th there were two learnings. One was very personal, yeah. but was due to a global effect which I had no control on, which was the the internet bubble explosion, right? So um, as everybody at Cisco and many of those internet uh, companies, Silicon Valley-based, uh, everybody was virtually a millionaire, even you were like 30 years old or whatever, with no experience, right. uh, with stock options that potentially will, you know, were actually doubling every year in value plus splitting. So it was like a factor of four or whatever. So, but suddenly, you know, you move from having virtually a lot of potential to nothing. Mm -hmm. And, and here what I learned was, okay, don't count on hypothesis things and, and they are, you know, a lot of things out there that you cannot control yourself mm -hmm. uh, and you have no influence and you have no way to actually predict that. Mm -hmm. uh, and there is also, probably there were ways to predict, but it was blindsided by, you know, so too much optimistic of unrealistic potential. Right. And that, that was one learning. The second was uh, when it was to learn, I learned that, you know, you, you can be, is somehow in quote easy to be leading a market, but uh, it's even faster to get left behind. So Cisco was not necessarily the leader in many domains when I was there. It was also, and there were companies that were big competition, much bigger than us. That five six years later they were not even on the market anymore. Wow! And. Yeah. You know, you can name 3Com or others. So whether they were acquired and completely diluted in something else or just run out of business. Mm -hmm. uh, and we all know probably more than, than the one I mentioned, but probably a company like Nokia is, sure. is exactly, it wasn't really a, a, 
at exactly the same time and exactly the same market. But yeah, I learned that directly because mm -hmm. because it happened. And and the what I found out was what the company did well was really to to transition and reinvent ourselves, you know, faster than other or mm -hmm. actually doing it than doing nothing. Yeah. Uh, and that was really uh, something I learned. So uh, basically, maybe unconsciously, you reapply those two things, which is, you know, do the things with what you have concretely mm -hmm. and not virtually and hypothetically. Yeah. And, you know, don't, don't remain too long in your comfortable zone. In, Absolutely. And I can imagine your professional sports, your professional cycling career also helped you to really embed that because there you also had to act in, in similar ways, right? You had to take race by race. You had to focus on what you could control. So that was probably a similar mindset to what you then took away also from the big corporates. True. And, and in sport, it's even worse because, <laughs> yeah, because you don't have this, um, uh, you know, this, you know, things can get, can change almost over a minute or an hour or a week, right? right? Yeah. You can, you can be in good, in good condition and feeling well and suddenly, yeah. uh, things are not going for you well physically, mentally or, and so on. Where in business, you know, if, if you have a good trajectory, even if you screw things up, there, there is a, a time where it will continue to grow or yeah. you don't, you know, you don't have this cut that is, mm -hmm as hard as it could be in sport, but yeah, it's true. So you learn how to adapt um, uh, very much. And also you learn how to deal with, you know, uh, with, you know, when, when you lose or, I mean, it's not just win or lose, but it's, it's basically you learn, you, you, there are m much more things that go wrong than go really well, right? In uh, uh, because it's all on you, you can read the classification, you can make <laughs> ranking, you, you know, you go down or up. And, and you also learn that, you know, if you have, let's say you're sick or whatever for a period, so when you go back, you're not in great shape. And then you learn that what is more important than the actual result of one single event is much more the trend and the trajectory you take. If you are on a trend that day after day, week after week, you, you are you, improving your, your aptitude, um, you know, one day it will, you will be back in, in the, you know, where you want to be. Uh, and, and also that's, that's exactly in business. What is important is not to celebrate too much, you know, a single, uh, successful effect, which can be related to, you know, sometimes not a trend that is consistently improving, but sometimes you have this, which is good to have, right? But, uh, this single, uh, magical effect can be a little bit of luck, a little bit of positive circumstances. Of Take it, but don't consider it as a as an achievement of something that is sustainable and and you know that you can and repeatable. Don't forget the bigger picture to track the progress there, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you know you have your professional sports career, you have your corporate career, and then you decided to start your own company. Where does that entrepreneurial drive come from? Was that just like the next logical step for you? Or did you have entrepreneurs in your family that inspired you to also start and run your own company? I, I don't think that was a logical thing, right? <laughs> um, because I, if, I, if I think back about all this and if I look at other uh, entrepreneurs and other, you know, 
innovation or things that are starting from scratch because that's mm -hmm. that's the big change right yeah. basically if if you if you jump into even an early stage company or 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 whatever that already exists even if a lot is to be built and it's not the same than the blank sheet right yeah. uh, i think it's easier to finish a story than to write in from scratch mm -hmm. it's hard to finish it very well that's something else yeah. right but uh, starting from scratch is is a specific thing uh which i'm not sure you you plan on that, right? I mean, and if you do, it can be pretty um, uh, stressful because it's not you cannot decide. Okay, I want to start something from scratch, but what, right? That would be the question, right? And yeah. and I think it goes more the other way around. You get suddenly inspired by something or someone or both, uh, and passionate about you know the the purpose that, and then you realize well. If we want to do that, it doesn't exist anywhere. We have to start it from scratch. And then, well, why you do it at that moment, there can be many reasons. But in my, in my, um, in my situation, it was really suddenly you have this conjunction of different things that aligns at a certain moment. And you say, okay, I met this incredible people with uh, this, this crazy idea that I would like to be part of. And... You know, let's go right. And uh, uh, with I think it uh, a little bit. You have to be crazy and maybe also naive. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, but very quickly, you have to work hard and be I think you know very uh, creative, resilient, and passionate. Because just the, the very beginning, you know, uh, sentiment you know yeah. fade away pretty quickly to re be replaced by efforts and, and hard work i would say definitely you mentioned the importance of the people in that case these were your co-founders you started next thing in 2004 with three founders in total you pedro and also patrick yes where did you meet pedro and patrick okay so basically we had this i think this unique opportunity to have um first of all it was in software right mm -hmm. enterprise software so my, my background in this was not coding software, was more whether selling, promoting as product yeah. marketing uh, or installing as a sales engineer or things like that. But, mm -hmm. uh, um, but what I learned at Cisco, which was good because what we had in terms of pure software, like network management, uh, which was probably the closest uh, JSON thing that Cisco was doing that Nexing did, uh, our network management software were maybe doing a good work, but one thing that was always not properly done, probably changed since, but uh, was really the user interface. Mm -hmm. So, because I think Cisco came from a hardware with the time where the power was in common line interface, so typing commands and like, like a real engineer, and then doing things graphically was not really um, probably a... Uh, the best asset of the company. And, and it was also, I think, a, a, on one hand, it was a question of mindset, mm -hmm. uh, but also a question of process. I think they were more, you know, it was a, oh, we have to build a user interface for that uh, thing. So, and it was done at, at the end. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was like, if one day I do my own software, we have to do that really well because it yeah. changed the game. Um, and when, when you build something that is, about data and information and analysis and, and observability, you know, 
image speaks more than words. So, super important. So it's yeah. super important. So what happened was, so me, no idea about coding a product. Uh, Pedro had the, let's say, the back-end ID and, and patent, if you want, of, um, not if I want, it, it, it was patented um, with EPFL on, on capturing the data and then injecting the data into this artificial intelligence mm -hmm. engine. So back in 2004, AI was not that, um, let's say... Uh, it wasn't a buzzword yet. No, it was not a buzzword, <laughs> but it was even the opposite. It yeah. was a little bit more like a, people tried, you know, in the 70s, 80s to do AI for like IBM, for chess player, you know, right. or speech recognition, but was never really a breakthrough thing. Uh, was more a failure than a success for mm -hmm. at least the mass. So, but anyway, so we had this, and then Patrick was a, he is a pure uh, user experience, user interface mm -hmm. um, expert. So w basically, I was with these people who could do the perfect, you know, product, and I I was here with a lot of market knowledge and also market contact. So to go take a prototype, trying to have it yeah. in a real-world enterprise uh, to face the reality. So we could do that from scratch, yeah. which I think um, uh, is, yeah, it, I'm not saying it's never like that, but it, it's very rare, right? Mm -hmm. uh, whether you have business people that know what they want, but they need to, for example, outsource the development. So it's hard it's to hard, be very yeah. creative and very innovative. Yeah. Or you have technical people which thinks their idea would sell itself because it's so unique and incredibly well designed, which, yeah. which it is, but you miss this, you know, package thing. You need both, right? Yeah, you, need you need someone both. who can build yeah. and someone who can sell it. Basically. And, and then, you know, and, and then when you are very small, it's hard to recruit because yeah. not that people don't exist, but the problem is when you're very small, you know, if, and you're not a founder, it's very hard to be part of the team, right? Mm -hmm. Part of the, you know the 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 ID because sure. uh, so whether you find great people to do you know product engineering or marketing or sales later mm -hmm. once you have a little bit of okay I know what the customer wants we have at least the first commercialized industrialized product yeah. we know how to sell it we have a little recipe it's a little bit like mm -hmm. a restaurant right sure most yeah. cook you know uh, they do what they know right but the yeah. ones we invent. A recipe. Yeah. There, are, there are not so many, right? Yeah. And and it's not because the recipe is written that the first time you repeat it, anyone can do, right? There is also a little bit of, a, you know, you have to, you know, what you do with your hands counts. Mm -hmm. So it's not just. It takes time until it's it's commoditized right. in some way. So so yes. So we had this yeah this great. Um, I would say complementary skills, knowledge, mm -hmm. and yet common, I would say, shared um, vision, not just for the company and, and this, but also, you know, why we do what we do and where yeah. we want to go. Although you can, things change, uh, you know, yeah. but, but, but there was no like a, you know, like a completely contradictory way to look at things and that, that was great so so basically like shared values that the way that you want to do things and the way that you want to work together but also complementary skill sets to make yes. it work yes and i think the complementary skill sets were something 
obvious that you could also realize and materialize by looking at the people and talking. The, the common ground, I think, was... I don't think we had the maturity at that time to, to make an analysis of that. I think it was more luck or feeling mm -hmm. than facts, right? Yeah. I, I, I remember at this time, I don't think I, I analyzed that because I, I didn't realize uh, how important that is. But uh, yeah. luckily, I think we, it ended up to be not something conflicting. Where now I do a lot of, uh, um, you know, uh, involvement with other startup projects where I see uh, sometimes conflicts coming. Mm -hmm. They they usually come from, you know, these alignments that were actually already there at the beginning, right. but they were not expressed exactly. and visible, and because they were not investigated, yeah. uh, because usually you don't know you have to do, and if you know, it's hard to do because. Whether you know in a little bit in advance, so you do it just to comfort yourself, yeah, okay. But if you have a if you have a doubt, it's hard to dig into a doubt because the, when you feel a doubt, there is a lot of chance that actually it's become true, right. and then you're like, ah, you know, it's it's a lot of disappointment. Yeah. And then what's the solution if you know that, right? So sometimes you say, okay, maybe it resolves itself over time which usually doesn't. No, it just comes back stronger, right? Yeah, that's... <laughs> so, luckily between founders, of course we had disagreements and that's okay. Sure, yeah. But uh, we never had a, a kind of, yeah, disagreement on some common ground which yeah. generates really big conflict. I go left, you go right, I go exactly. behind, whatever. Yeah. Uh, um, but of course, I, I realized with people that worked with us, mm -hmm. sometimes when... You know, you had conflicts. I mean, fundamental problem, right? Like, uh, you know, um, we change a little bit our positioning, our vision, or, you know, our focus. And some people say, okay, I joined the company for focus A, now you do B. Yeah. But okay, but I stay, but I leave, but I stay. And then you, yeah. you say, ah, but they are good, so we want to keep them. At the end, you know, it always come back. And, yeah. you know, you, you suddenly you have, you take different trajectory and, when you know that's the case, you have to, you, you, you have to, yeah, you have to make it happen. But when you feel that, what do you say now, looking back, it's not worth trying to force something to say, hey, we want to go to vision A, but the employee actually signed up for vision B. So it's probably better to say, look, it's just not a good fit because we want different things. So it's better to keep, to, to go separate ways. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, the problem usually is you don't have those sort of conversation and you don't have, let's say, the environment or the platform for, I mean, when I say platform, it's not a software, of course, sure. it's a, yeah. it's a an atmosphere or place or whatever, a setup for, for, for that to be genuinely expressed and shared. Mm -hmm. Because once you do that and, and, and the people feel the best when they actually admit that and, and say, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go back to what I like. Right. And, and then everybody feel and say, wow, we didn't do that before, right? Um, and I think generally in life, we, it's, because it's, it's hard to get out of something you're in for, for, mm -hmm. for, for all sorts of reasons. I'm not a psychologist, but you can realize, um, you know, for, for somebody to just move somewhere else, right? Uh, I, I live in Zurich. I want to work in in, I don't know, in Ticino, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's not an easy decision. Although maybe it's the right thing for you, but if you look at all the logistic and, and all this, you're gonna say, okay, I shouldn't do that because it's too complicated. No. But, but you have to 
you have to take the you know the the, 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 the your decision based on things that are the most important that makes mm-hmm. not you uh, you know you know whatever it is but uh, it has to be the fundamental you know component of what makes you who you are and who you know being happy and so on and so forth so mm-hmm. uh, yeah and, and then you realize okay it's it's really worth it to have a you know those fundamentals uh, elements to be to be discussed right and yeah. and once you do that you know of course sometimes you realize you're not made to work together and so on and 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 then the answer is pretty obvious but usually it's a relief for everybody, right? Exactly. It's like, sometimes it's not about, I don't want to work here or not, uh, or yes, but, sorry. It's more, uh, for example, uh, we had also the case of somebody became a regional manager mm-hmm. because it was more like, a, okay, you're here since some time, we hire some new people, more juniors, so you're the more senior, so yeah, cool, right? Uh, I managed them and so on, but the guy was not happy. It was not His thing was... Uh, was to go out with customer and you know do the the, the, the hands-on on on yeah. sales and feel like I did the deal and that's what he likes right and 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 the day you you suddenly have, have a really open conversation to say wouldn't it be great if you just go and forget those meetings and those uh, you know uh, stick and carrot type mm-hmm. of approach that you you know with other oh yeah that would be fantastic right. And now, and then, then okay. Now it's only the question how we do it uh, uh, properly, and uh, you know how we make things for, for everybody to, to, you know, to have now a setup that that works. But uh, but that's exactly what we have to do. Absolutely, yeah. right people in the right seat. And and you know, I, I do a lot of uh, mountaineering and so on. And and uh, except if you go alone, right, which is not what I do, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you're soloing, you know, okay, you know, you sure. fall, you're dead, and okay. Uh, but, uh, or you succeed, and it's you, and only you, right? right. But uh, um, but if you, if you are with one or, or more people with you, uh, you know, on, especially if you are on a rope, right? If somebody is much fitter physically than the other, and he wants to go his maximum speed, and pull the rope like crazy, you know? Tricky. Even if he, he has the physical ability, the people yeah. behind, they, it won't be comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he will be just exhausted. And first of all, even if they survive, I mean, physically, right. they will never come back, right? That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and if you have a which some which always happen, right? It's because it's a multi-component, right? You have you have to be physically fit, but you have to take decision based on have nothing to do with fitness, but with weather or snow condition mm-hmm. or whatever route, where to go, and so on. Yeah. And it's not always the one who has the who is the fastest that has any idea how to do that. Suddenly, it's like full of fog, no visibility. Maybe it's the guy behind who has a lot of capability Absolutely. to take the compass and GPS or whatever. And, you know, he has to be still willing to do that, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes, I mean, if you pull like crazy, when you get in trouble, it would be the last, he would say, okay, you know, deal with it, right? right. So, I mean, an organization is the same. Yeah. And, you know, if you keep saying, you know, what did you, how much deals, how much leads, whatever, all the time, you know, the guy's like, okay, you know, it, you know, you, so you have to adjust that really nicely and 
I learned in the mountains very well that you have to keep everything consistent and so that you can always have the maximum energy and, and lucidity and, and everything, you know, mm-hmm. and focus everybody, right? Not right. just one person. Yeah. In that regard, when we think back to the early days, if I'm not mistaken, you actually didn't really start with a problem in mind, but actually more with an idea to start your own company. Did you also feel that you were pulling, you know, the cord a bit too hard there? Or, and would you do that a bit differently to focus stronger on the problem instead of the idea? Yeah, it's true that, um, you know, the idea was this real-time monitoring of computers and application in enterprise networks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but it, yeah, it was more coming from an, a technical capability to do that better than what was available. Um, and then, of course, the, the outcome of that and, and the benefits for clients could be multiples, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so initially, we, we saw some benefits in securing the networks and applications better. Um, but then by doing that with the first customers, they, you know, by talk, visiting them and seeing what they were doing with the product, they were actually focusing on more managing the infrastructure by just saying, wow, for a change now I see really what we have, who uses what, connects where, and I can optimize my infrastructures in terms of cost and and performance and and experience of of employees with all the tools we give them to to do their work. And and then we had a little bit of both and they could nicely work together, but there was a lot of you know, a multiplicity of efforts. Mm-hmm. So at some point we focus more on, on um, let's say, experience, performance, and things like that uh, for, for different reasons. Uh, I think they were, that was typical case of uncertainty, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you could do only anal- all the analysis of the world and we were asked by, you know, okay, as managers between ourselves, uh, you know, present the pros and cons of uh, of each focus and because mm-hmm. we have to choose one it's getting too complicated sure. um, and I don't know the board and so on but at the end what I realized is you know both were making sense I mean people want security and feeling safe and yeah. not having ransomware and so on but people want also availability and performance and mm-hmm. you know want to have a good flow when they work with with computers so and people spend a lot of money in both and so on. So, you know, it's then you have like 10 good reasons for everything, 10 <laughs> bad reasons for everything, and you have to make a choice. So, yeah. and, and this is, this is very much representing the, you know, the fact that when in life, but, but mainly in entrepreneurship, there is only one certainty, right? It's uncertainty. Correct. And, and you have to accept it and deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, Usually you know what you want mm-hmm. by feeling, which is easy when you start from scratch because when I have a blank sheet, the only way I can decide is by feelings. Right. I have no data. I haven't started to do anything, which yeah. makes it somehow easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, uh, when you start to have data, you use the data much more to, to validate with facts your, 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 your intuition, right? Right. And here, of course, you can look at them the way it goes right for you. Mm. What you have to be careful is, you know, to use your intuition against, you know, facts that actually 
tell what not to do or what to right. do. Right. Ideally, they are in yes. sync. Yes. But that's not well, always Well, they are never well. fully in sync. Yeah. That's the point. And sometimes you have to believe a little bit more your intuition, sometimes mm-hmm. a little bit more the facts and yeah. the data. I think it's a, that's what you have to... Because uncertainty is always there. So sure. even yeah. in, in facts somehow, because yeah. things can change. Of course. So you have to use uh, yeah, both uh, at the best you can, you can and... And that's why sometimes you succeed, sometimes not. Mm-hmm. When you don't, it's not over, right? You have to reconsider, maybe change a bit. Um, yeah. But, so. How do you then make that decision about the right focus for you? Because you didn't really have too much data. Did you more listen to what would bring you more joy, where you would have more fun as a founder team? No, it was not about fun. I think, I think what I learned was, uh, uh, unfortunately, in terms of, what you do, right, as uh, at work, right? Uh, whether you are a founder, employee, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you don't necessarily do. It's not because you. It's your company or your idea that at the end, what you do is what you like. Sure. Usually, yeah. it's a little bit the opposite, right? Uh, yeah. What I like is, you know, building up the company and doing that with the great team, and okay, that stays. But but what I have to do now to move the needle, right, mm-hmm. is probably not what I prefer. So. But it's the same thing for everybody. So, so the decision was not based on that. I think the decision um, was more like, okay, both markets are, are attractive. Maybe security is even bigger. At, at least at that time, it was more established and, yeah. and, and an existing market with many players, which is nice because people know what you're talking about. They have mm-hmm. budget defined for next year and the year after. Right. Um, but it's, it was, there were already a lot of established players, so more competition with probably more mature technologies and products that we would have to compete with, mm-hmm. where we had an opportunity, which was pretty unique, uh, to create a market of digital employee experience where it was a little bit an empty field of players, just uh, you know, a few with everybody very very small market share. So everything was to be done. Mm-hmm. Now the question is: A, will that market really happen? You don't know at that you, point, I, right? You don't know, but you have some indication. Mm-hmm. Now it's a bet of okay, because you can go in a market that exists, but you never succeed because you get beaten up all the time by. Right. And security is a market that is, you know, it. it, it you know, if you accept, you know, to someone to secure your house or whatever, mm-hmm. you have to trust them, right? Sure. And and if and if you've been buying an antivirus for ten years, now the next level of technology of whatever security endpoints, uh, firewall, and so on mm-hmm. comes from the same vendor. You know, you might trust them better, and sure. And so it's hard to disrupt there the market. It's possible, but it's probably harder. Mm-hmm. Um, and. However, when it's a completely new market, if you have the best solution and if stars align, the market says, we need it, we want that, yeah. then, then it's a much faster uh, hyper-growth penetration style, right? Mm-hmm. So it happened, but much later, right? right. Uh, so, which implies to have a lot of resilience and because, you know, it's hard to say, now we choose, we do that, and you know it's still uh, difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to be resilient. But to stay resilient, not only do you, you need to be, you know, psychologically 
strong, but you you, you need to believe very strong mm -hmm. uh, in what you in what you in your choice, not blindly, right? Really, genuinely, right. and and I think that that is very important. How do you do that? Because I can imagine the grass is always green on the other side, right? So you decided to go down that path and and basically go into a more new market, but then things didn't just develop as fast as you might have hoped for. I, I can imagine that you also had second doubts and asked yourself, did we make the right decision? Should we change it again? How did you stay on course to then eventually find success and the right timing in the end? I think you need to, you shouldn't compare where you are with the goal. Mm -hmm. Because if you do that all the time, uh, you seem you look you 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 see yourself not moving right it's like uh you know if you want to climb everest it's so far high higher than when you start if if you know you walk for one day like 10 hours mm -hmm. and and you you know you have i don't know 4000 meter elevation to do and the first day you do 300 meter and if you compare with the goal you know it just and you say, well, it's so hard, that's crazy, right? It can even frustrate yeah, you, so right? It, but if you, if you actually compare from where you start yeah. and, and you look at, my God, you know, we crossed this incredible hard section or we broke the trail in deep snow and, you know, yeah. that's a great job from everybody who contribute to, the, to building the track mm -hmm. or installing ropes or whatever. And you just look at that section and you can say, wow, you know, this is a significant improvement from where we were. Not, and then, you know, step by step. Yeah. Because I think that's, so in, in our particular case, for me, it was like, it's, it's what I said, it's about the trajectory, the trend, right? Mm -hmm. You know, is it flat or is it even a little bit, but ramping up? And, and you know, if you, it's like if you look at, at any, we had a great example with a pandemic, you know, curve. Mm -hmm. You know, at the beginning, you're like, well, it's not a big growth, right? And suddenly, you know, it accelerates. So yeah. if you see there is that trajectory, you don't know always when, right? right. Uh, but, but you see, you know what? We have always indicators that, yeah, here and there, you know, it validates what we did. Mm -hmm. Okay, not like completely to the fact that, you know, we, we are overflowed with, with orders, mm -hmm. but to get there, there is a lot to do, right? So yeah. are we doing the right thing right and and then the timing, you control what you can, which is, you know, if there is something, you know, you say I have to write this document for, I don't know, publishing on a newspaper to mm -hmm. talk about and evangelizing what we believe in, yeah. and I want to get it out tomorrow, it's under your control, right? Right. To do it. But to have the market telling this is what we want to do, you don't control that. Of course, right? yeah. you, can, you can say as much as you want, the same thing all over and over, you know, you don't know if it's going to take one year, one month or five years mm -hmm. or more sometimes. So, so you shouldn't be comparing like that. Otherwise you, you, yeah, you, you give up for sure. I, I love that perspective that you look at the progress where you come from and if there's progress, stay course yes. and eventually then hit the, the high, the rapid growth trajectory, is also the timing of the market. And elements. you have to accept uh, before you start that sometimes you have to come down. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I come back to this Everest thing, you know, sure. although if probably uh, you're not an expert or a specialist, absolutely not. No. You <laughs> or the audience, right? Uh, 
but you know they have these camps and so on mm -hmm. but they never start from base camp and then they do camp one and then camp two and three and four and summit yeah. they go camp one and two for acclimatization they come down ah. they they rec they recover and yeah. they go so so your pro so it's very frustrating because you can go pretty high mm -hmm. maybe the summit is close to reach and oh, boom, yeah. you go all the way down yeah. and you stay like one week or sometimes 10 right. days for acclimatization reason, oxygen stuff and so sure. on, but also sometimes weather. Mm -hmm. And But it doesn't mean you're not going to make it, right? Yeah. Um, and, but but if, you, if, if, you, if you don't go there for this project knowing it, that is going to happen mm -hmm. and and you can say, okay, I have a plan. I do this, this, this three times. But A, although for if you have done it before, you know a little bit how your body reacts because everybody's sure. different, yeah. right? Uh, like every business is different and you cannot always copy paste. So, mm -hmm. and, and maybe you, you say, okay, I'm going to have to do three times up and down, whatever camp number. And maybe you have to do it five times right. because of your body, because of weather, because of, equipment stuff whatever right mm -hmm. colleagues with you right teammates and so on uh, issues that you have to deal with so you have to accept that and usually you know things take more time requires more energy resources financial human whatever to actually usually achieve less mm -hmm. than what was actually the goal right and, and that's why managing only by goals which is like win or lose is, is really not a good thing, in my opinion, because it creates a lot of frustration because the fact is things do not go... There is always something going wrong, right? Of course. Which requires adaptation, sometimes a little bit of retreat, coming back, mm -hmm. uh, and you need... It's every time there is something wrong, there nobody even thought it could happen. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a disaster. If you know it could happen, and it could even be a little bit worse than we think, and to recover from that a little bit more effort than we think in time, mm -hmm. I'm ready to, to actually do it, probably, when it happens. And right. if I'm lucky, it's actually a little bit less than I thought of a hard work, of, of a fall, right, right. To, to recover from. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you have a chance to keep everybody, you know, uh, together and still motivated and so on. With these ups and downs, as a founder and as a startup company particularly, how do you personally stay fit and healthy to be able to perform not only on a physical but especially on a mental level yeah so yeah it can be hard because it takes a lot of your time um, and um, and you know you could I, I think it's important to to realize two things a you know you you need a lot of work and a lot of effort to to grow a company or to do a, a, a you know, ambitious project, whatever mm -hmm. it is, right? Um, but, 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 you know, and again, if, if, you, if you look at the amount of things that have to be accomplished, um, you have to realize, you know, you cannot do it in a time frame where, because it's going to take much more than that, mm -hmm. that you can sustain if you a a work style that is you know like a 24 by 7 right? of course yeah yeah but there are things that you know if you say okay uh, i don't know there are people who run i don't know 200 kilometers one shot mm -hmm. 
right? Mm-hmm. There are some ultra marathon and things like that. Yeah. It is just, okay, you could do it, right? Not everybody succeeds, but it's possible, yeah. right? So you don't sleep, you, you just <laughs> eat while you run and, you know, craziest yeah. thing. Yeah. But, but the entrepreneur journey is, is not like that. It's, it's more a, I want to, I want to walk around the world. Mm-hmm. So it's not something you, you just start naked almost and you just, you know, go for it until the end. Mm-hmm. You, you, there is no chance you can do that. So, but sometimes we, we act like that. And I had, I would say, some, some period where I think I was way too much on it, mm-hmm. which, you know, from outside or people interacting with you, it looks like you achieve a lot. But I'm not sure you, first of all, you don't, you don't sustain like that for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And, and probably if you look at the trend of your productivity and ideas and ability to, to make the right decisions or, or to realize there is something wrong somewhere, sure. probably the trend is more going down. Yeah. And, and that's not good, right? So, mm-hmm. you, so you're right. You have to be really paying attention of, okay, uh, there is a business to build with you know people to to manage and to 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 work with and so on but to do that really well you have to be you know uh, on the work with your full energy and potential and for that you need some time to recharge and you know and do other things Um, how do you exactly do that yourself do you have any tips or things that worked particularly well well for you so so for, for me, is, I would, so first of all, if you have a passion, right, um, that you like outside your work, which mm-hmm. I hope everybody has something, if you don't, find one yeah. for two reasons. One, your business can go out of business. You know, it, yeah. it happens more than business succeed, right? True. Yeah. Even in very great economic times. It was, it was always, it was like that. More startups fail than succeed. Sure. I think in the coming years, it won't go better because the economy is not so great. There will still be success, but still be more failure. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there will be more, but it's still before, a but uh, well. Yeah. So, so it's always good to have something to fall back on, you know, not to feel fully lost, right? Yeah. So, so it's always good to have at least almost two things right Mm -hmm. Uh, so you can have your business and your family or your sport or i don't know you do painting music whatever right Right. yeah and and to pay attention not to lose touch with that right Mm -hmm. and at the end i think is everybody can do you know maybe you book half a day or you book week you, you, you take some time for that and but it's but but and then it's about knowing that you know if you are not available for half a day or a day or a weekend because I think it's not the end of the world it's probably even better and and if you have to be available all the time for everybody in the company I think something wrong hmm. is something wrong not that it's not because people cannot deal without you it's more the way it's organized it's hmm. more the way you know it's the, it's because the leadership is not distributed. Right? And, I, and I, what I learned was, usually we talk about delegation, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, I think we have to look much more for distribution. Because it's not the same. Delegation means, you know, if I could, I would do it myself. Mm-hmm. But I don't have time, so you do it. Right. Yeah. But, you know, it's more like, 
you do it, but I'm supervising what you do. Right? You're still the bottleneck to a certain yes, degree. Yes, and I'm still somehow, you know, looking at it and you are reporting and I can ask and, you know, and I'm worried how you do everything. Sure. So then there is a different level, right? People yeah. will be on your neck uh, every hour, some people every <laughs> week. But at the yeah. end, that's what delegation is about. So, mm -hmm. and you, because it's been delegated to do this like that, of course, mm -hmm. over the days and weeks, suddenly things are a bit different. So the recipe I gave you as a, as a delegation is not working. Yeah. And you say, ah, we should change that. You know, uh, there is no eggs available. So I would like to put some, something else. Yeah. But I have to call the guy who delegated to me of to course. ask if we can change. Yeah. If it's distribution, I, I distribute the role, the ownership, the leadership yeah. for that. You take care of it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and we'll see. You know, we'll we'll discuss one day about how this is this went, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's a little bit different. And I like I think that difference. Yeah. We we need to do a bit more that, right? Mm -hmm. Handing over more ownership and letting people do it their own yes. way and yes. trusting them, basically. So for me, I, uh, so yeah, that reminds me now. Uh, as a tip, you know, uh, I remember because, of course, at the beginning you're very few, so you do a bit of everything. Mm -hmm. You have a bit more resource. So now you have somebody who is in charge of something. Um, and then it's hard to, to do that distribution for, for, you know, it's a, you know, if you have a baby, you know, it's, you give it to someone. I imagine, you know, you would be like, uh, it's, it's hard to, well, or impossible, uh, for a human baby, right? To, sure. to distribute the, <laughs> the, the care. You yeah. delegate to a, to a nanny or somebody yeah. like that. You don't distribute for sure, which yeah. is okay for a baby, I guess. Because uh, if you distribute, it's close to adoption, right? Uh, True. That's my point, right? So, so to move from founding the company, you know, carrying it, blah, 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 and then some other people, a bit strangers, right, mm -hmm. are in the echo, to, to distribute to them, you know, it's like you tell, okay, I give you the marketing and you adopt it, right? It's your yeah. baby now. Um, and, and that's hard, right? And that's something you have to... I don't think I did it very well because I was a little bit trying to more tr for trying to help, right? I know how this okay, I do it, right? Or I help you do it, but I actually do it myself, and then the other people feel like whether stupid, of course not empowered, and 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 then the next time they would say, okay, last time he did it, so now uh, sure, you know, I just let it on his hand, right? Yeah. So, so, so the, the I did at the end, you know, I did that distribution when it was so overwhelming that I couldn't actually do anything else but working mm -hmm. and then you realize oh that's not working so this I, I should have done it way earlier uh, and take the decision which one day will come anyway so mm -hmm. so I would say the sooner the better because you know it's like children you know when there's their mistakes have less consequences at two years old than 15 yeah <laughs> uh, and and it's the same thing here I like that analogy. I think that's a great learning to reflect yeah. upon. So One, don't be afraid to distribute because earlier, earlier on, a it won't hurt. It won't be. It can hurt, but uh, mm -hmm. it, it's not that damaging, yeah. and you realize it much faster. Because of course, if you have fifteen people in the organization, you know the, the feedback loop are they yeah. are very instantaneous, right? Yeah. You re, it's very quick to f figure it out. Yeah. When you're fifty or hundred. There are even people you don't know they are in the company, right? right. So that day, just an anecdote, but I remember that discussion we had one day in a management meeting that 
we had always this, okay, how many employees we have, new mm-hmm. hire, people who left, yeah. and we didn't have that many people leaving. So sure. those numbers were, of course, single digit, but sometimes two, three, right? Yeah. And okay, oh, three people left, so who? Ah, him, her, blah, blah, blah. And there was this name mm-hmm. uh, one day. That was the first time I, I didn't know the name. And I was like, oh my God, you know, I realized <laughs> we are growing yeah. and we are losing a little bit, you know, the direct touch. So yeah, when you are there, it's a little bit different. But uh, but you better have a really great distributed leadership when you're there, because if it's not the case, then yes. of course, how can you control that? No you, way. You can't manage that with a no. delegation at that point, right? When you don't know the people anymore, you have to have the distribution as you explained it before. It's yes. crucial. Yes. Another challenge I want to talk about is you know you grew to unicorn status, so of course you also needed to acquire customers. And I want to talk about how you actually did the international sales setup. So first, who were your ideal customers and what was the business model that you actually sold to them? Okay, so yeah, next thing is a B2B model. So we do an enterprise software for large organizations mm-hmm. because we, with you know, monitoring user experience with application and computers is a problem that that becomes a real problem when, when you have a large amount of people. Yeah. Because more or less, just to give a, an idea, people lose about 20 minutes a day average on computer problems. Mm-hmm. I'll say someday there is no problem. Sometimes you have a yeah. one hour downtime or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, hopefully, you know, when you have something that helps you monitor and anticipate proactively the problem, you can take that number down. Yeah. Maybe not to zero, but let's say divide by two. So if you take 10 minutes saved by employee, you know, if you are five people, you know, you don't even save one hour, (laughs) you know, it doesn't make any sense. But if you have a company of 10,000 or or 100,000 people, those are, that's millions, right? Huge leverage, right? Yeah, it's huge. So so that's basically the the business case, if Mm -hmm. you want. Plus, there is uh, some side effects of, making people more engaged because if I'm not frustrated because I cannot do my work and I have to call this service True. desk that tells me, do you have the plug? Did you turn on the, yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> you know, that's why 50% of people don't call anymore. Yeah, and they, they just work with the problems, right? Yeah. And organization is not aware of the problems yeah. and cannot even fix it. So we can discover and help. Uh, and then there is also this engagement um, of making you know people more satisfied at work, so they don't leave. Uh, talent stays, or even yeah. I can recruit because the organization has not this reputation of a crappy work environment right. where nothing works. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's basically yeah. what we can bring. And um, and yeah, so we we targeted those large organizations mm-hmm. uh, mainly. So from and it depends, but initially in Switzerland, when we started, we, we took basically enterprise from the local market. So not everybody is above, you know, 10,000. It's more between sure. 1,000 to 20,000, let's say. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest being like the, the big canton, canton, yeah, yeah. states, um, or hospitals, university hospitals, and the multinational companies that are based here. Right. Um, and then, of course, it was a uh, implicit to move abroad because, you know, yeah. To to next thing is it has a you know the business of next thing unicorn status, uh, way over hundred million ARR. 
is is made out of uh, you know 1500 customers so mm -hmm. a lot of large organization it's not a massive volume it's a massive volume of endpoints and employees that we sure. monitor but not amount of it's not a transactional business right where we process you know 1000 right. invoices a day right yeah. so 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 that yeah but that's that's for sales it plays a role because mm -hmm. It's a very strategic decision, multi-year engagement, um, not just financially, but just mentally, right? You mm -hmm. deploy that, it's for a little bit long term. So the sales cycle is not something you sell in a couple of weeks. And it's something you sell at strategic level, direct touch. So yeah, we had people had to meet those organizations. Mm -hmm. And because they are bigger, they are also a bit organized in a way you don't talk to one person that says, let's go and I deploy and I pay, you know, there is multi-dimension uh, processes there. So it requires some serious client management. So you need a bit senior people as well. Yeah. Uh, but basically we, you know, we had people, of course there is support for that with marketing and and engineer, I mean, sales engineering, consulting, and so on. But basically, it's a direct slash indirect sales because we also leverage partners who are in touch with those potential clients for projects of digitalization and and, and all sort of things with whom we work hand in hand to to sell. Um, but you basically built your own sales force, right? Yes, yes. And where do you build them? Did you say, we want to sell out of Switzerland because that's where your headquarters are? Or did you say, hey, we actually do want to go to local markets like the US, for example, yes. and build a local sales force there to be closer to the okay, market? Okay, so maybe interesting to, to explain a bit the, the, how it went because mm -hmm. if somebody is listening who would like to do or is about to do that. So, so we started in Switzerland. The only office we had was here in Lausanne. Um, we, we started selling in the French part of Switzerland, then also Zurich, German side. Mm -hmm. And then we had very quickly some touches in France. Yeah. Um, we started with healthcare, hospital, a little bit opportunistically, let's say. Mm -hmm. uh, it was not like a strategic thing, but uh, then we had this first customer there by, I mean, driving there and, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and um, it was close to the border, but uh, still, it was manageable, right? Yeah. Because we we had five, six hospitals maybe at the beginning there. Uh, it was possible to travel and, and do that from Lausanne. And then we moved to, uh, because of the connections uh, from those hospitals, trying to leverage that more broadly in France, we had to go through Paris, you know, it's very centralized. Of but And also that's where most businesses are. So at the beginning we were taking the train, going to Paris, meeting people, coming back. And I remember that day when I, on the way back to, to Lausanne with the TGV, I had this call or mail, I don't remember, from this guy to have a meeting tomorrow, right? <laughs> so basically I booked a ticket in the train. So when I arrived in Lausanne, I, I took it back to Next go. Next train yeah, back. <laughs> something like that, you know. Yeah. Uh, and very quickly you realize, you know, Maybe we were not in this era of video conferencing, but but yeah. I still think you need in the, in those businesses, you know, strategic B two B. People need to see each other, shake hands, right. have a drink, as well as talk about the technology, yeah. right? Um, so 
you realize, okay, that won't scale at all, right? And again, for the, what I said before, it was very tiring, you know, and of once you do that, you know, you don't do anything else. And then you cannot always tell the people, I was trying that, right, to regroup meetings and so on, but, you know, Difficult, you don't control. Yeah. That's sure. what I was talking about. There are things you don't control. So, yeah. so we looked for having some local resources. Mm -hmm. uh, so initially we had them as contractors because, you know, you cannot hire... Right, uh, yeah. In Germany, in France, in UK, and you, you know, yeah. like this with a Swiss country, there are some implications. So we did like that. And then, then we started having local offices mm -hmm. with local teams. Uh, so in France, in Germany, in UK, mm -hmm. in Middle East, and then in US. Um, but basically, it's my learning from that is A, don't start too small because every time we want, we opened up because we had opportunities a little bit emerging. Because mm. if you shake the tree, there is always something falling, right? <laughs> but what falls is not the best fruit, right? Right. <laughs> At the beginning, right? Yeah. Um, so you say, ah, something is falling, let's do it, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're, because you don't have a, like a prepared, funded strategy, let's say, you know, you can only start, you say, okay, I shake there, mm -hmm. but I didn't plan to be there, right? But it's because it's there, right? Sometimes it was also through partners, we had more, we had international companies. So mm -hmm. I work with the partner in Switzerland and France, he has a colleague in Germany, and then the guy said, oh, that's great, I want to also sell Nexting. He, yeah. he, he booked some meetings, you go, lucky, you know, yeah. bad luck, you know, customer wants a POC, uh, and then maybe he orders it, so... Then you, you know, you again, you travel and then you say, okay, I need someone. So you hire one guy because <laughs> you didn't have the budget for, to build a team. Yeah, sure. And then, okay, you do that, that customer or these two customers. And then, you know, because of course things yeah. do not happen by magic. So, mm -hmm. so if you don't proactively generate opportunities, they don't come. Yeah. So, so then it becomes almost more an issue than, a, than an advantage. Yeah. And the poor guy alone, or lady, right, uh, that you just hired for the local market, struggling a lot, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, I, was, I was saying, they are like us when we were the first <laughs> yeah, in exactly. Switzerland. It's even yeah. worse because at least you choose to build this product. You know everything. Yeah. It's your baby. Now they are with your own baby that, you know, they cannot say, I love him as much as you do, right? Mm -hmm. So he's crying. So I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, you know, I struggle with that. So that was hard. So what everywhere we started a little bit, um, not consciously, let's say, with the strategy and with the capability to have a serious team. I'm not talking about 50 people. Sure, but, but more than one. <laughs> more than one, for two reasons. A, alone, it's psychologically very hard mm -hmm. to do everything, right? Uh, yeah. You don't know, you can, and it's not fun. Second is when it doesn't work, because usually that's the case, sure. uh, as, you, as you expect and so on, yeah. it's hard to know. Is it the person? Is it the market? Yeah. What, 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 if you have two, three people active mm -hmm. and you see if something is, yeah. you know, gets out of someone, right? And then, okay, what do you do there differently than others, exactly. than ourselves? Ah, okay, in Germany or UK, it works a little bit differently. Yeah. You know, and then you can adjust. Mm -hmm. And so, so the good thing is to not start when you cannot afford, you know, something, mm -hmm. you know, like, 
a minimum vital environment, let's say. It's an investment also, yes. right? Of so, course. And then you have to think, right? Because the tendency is, as you said before, the greener field where yeah. is where you're not. There is this tendency of, okay, it's not running so well there, let's go also there, right? Mm -hmm. Because there it looks fantastic. But yeah. But what I always <laughs> say is, yeah, how much do you want to do as revenue? Like, yeah. usually it's not like 50 million, huh? Sure. Uh, maybe you're going to say 2 million. Yeah. Okay, 2 million more. You know, you don't need to be in Germany. If you have to be in Germany and UK and France to do that, so yeah, something's wrong. Something's wrong for, the, for, for your future, right? Yeah. So you better be in one place and do it really well. Yeah. It's a little bit like the product you do. Mm -hmm. It has to be doing one thing really, really well so that you stand out from others on the market. Because sure. if everything is average, yeah. then it can go, it can start well, but then very quickly, you know, things flattened. Mm -hmm. So you need this acceleration, you know, almost endless, right? And, and feed it. And for that, you need this focus. Absolutely. And yeah, and in the US was the same. So we, we started because, okay, suddenly it appears to be the right time. I, I, we were not always aligned on those decisions, but mm -hmm. which is okay. Uh, but again, uh, by, by going too small, again, it's too hard for those people there. Mm -hmm. It's too hard from here to manage it well. So again, and yeah. sometimes you also need to go yourself. Um, opening up is completely different than growing. Yeah. And uh, except founders or very, very special people that could have joined a little bit later, the company can do open from scratch, in mm -hmm. my opinion. I have two follow-up questions on that topic. Because I, I think that's highly fascinating and also very, very important to build a larger company, a larger startup. The first one that I want to ask is, where do you actually find the people? Because many startups complain that it's so difficult to find and hire salespeople. So how did you recruit, train, and also find them in the end to join your company and bring you more deals and more revenue in a new market? Okay, um, yeah. Um, I would say everything you have to do in, in an entrepreneurship journey is hard. and But this one is... Not just hard, it's very important and yeah. critical. But um, um, I, I think it, it all starts from... Because when you have to hire, I would say massively, right? I'm not talking about the first sales, or but when you need to grow the company. Mm -hmm. uh, this is not something you can do bottom-up. It has to be top-down. What I mean by that is you have to recruit sales leaders that they're... If they have to have one single, uh, very, very, the best skills, right? Mm -hmm. If it has to be one, it's hiring, recruiting. Uh, which is not knowing how to interview people. It's sure. about knowing people and having this credibility and this attraction, right, against those people. So mm -hmm. that when they say, I'm moving to this new company, yeah. The other, they say, I want to come work with you. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So you have to hire people like that. Yeah. Who because, bring the network. Who bring their network, yeah. but in a way that, you know, it's like a magnet, right? Mm -hmm. Because if the first thing they have to do is, uh, who is the HR recruitment department? I want them to place an ad. You yeah. know, that is going to fail. Yeah. yeah. Because what is hard for others will be hard for you. So the only way it's easier... I mean, faster, sure. 
because that's also a question of time. Uh, right. If you have to recruit 20 people in sales for the, for the, in the next three months, if nobody can do that with LinkedIn or whatever HR platform, yeah. you, you won't do it either. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the only way it works. And second, it's not just about recruiting. It's about recruiting the right people. Uh, it's not just about skills. And that's what I think people miss most of the time. It's about attitude. So... You need to actually make that, because this you cannot really change. Mm-hmm. Skills, I can teach them. Okay, you need a base, right? Yeah. Of course, I cannot, for, for selling software, if you hire uh, a carpenter, maybe it's a little bit lack of skills even to get started. But, all, but you know, we hired a, I remember this guy, who was, he was selling coffee and coffee machines mm-hmm. uh, at Nestle, but to enterprise, uh, not like a... Yeah, right. And he wanted to be in software and so on. You know, he had he didn't know how to do software sales or. But at the end, as I said, it's about attitude. Mm-hmm. Attitude to care about the customer, their problems, to yeah. be curious and knowing. You know, you know what is difficult for you, and be willing to help. A lot of empathy. So mm-hmm. those attitudes, you know, curiosity, empathy, uh, and also grit. You know, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm going to work, you know, I, I want to help them, right? Sure. And, I'm, and I'm going to complain back to the product guys, you know, these customers, that's what they want. We should do this and, yeah. you know, and, and help me to deliver that. And let's be creative on how we could, even we don't have exactly the right feature. Can we, you know, squeeze things? And so that is more important than skills. Like, you know, I've, I've been in sales for 20 years, never missing a quarter. Yeah. But but you know if you are if you cannot work in with the team you cannot adapt to the culture of the company yeah it's not going to work then you will miss a quarter <laughs> so there is a much better yeah it's true there is a much better chance that if I hire like a magnet mm-hmm. people I know they know me yes we've if we've been successful together it means you know we 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 at least this group you know worked well together and there is a chance they succeed again of course. You need, but but it's it's about the manager first, right? If they, of course, if you, it also happened that you could hire a a manager that doesn't fit mm-hmm. with with your organization really well in terms of, then he will recruit people like him. Then it's even worse. So yeah, exactly, it's so like that's a spiral. Also, that's yeah. also the danger, right? So it's it's not just the ability to recruit; it's to it's to to our ability to fit recruit with this fit and. Yeah. And, and create a bigger group that stick together. Exactly. Not that isolates even more, right? Yeah. That's, and sometimes it can happen, right? And then, uh, then you have to react fast because, because it can create some distances between people. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it can be a, a bit complicated. Right. Once you then found the talent or the right leaders and then the talent, how do you split the roles? Did you have you know, a very dedicated sales process where you say, here's like a business development rep to qualify, then an account executive to actually close the deal. How did you organize the sales teams? Um, so at, at the beginning, when we grew and started to have, you know, 10 or more people per region, let's put it this way, which were mainly sales and pre-sales engineers mm-hmm. um, and then country manager or sales country manager, um, we, the, 
there is one thing to take into account, and I think we did well, was you don't do that, you know, um, simultaneously. Mm -hmm. So you start maybe a bit earlier there, a bit later there, and so on. And therefore, there is a level of maturity, first, that is different. Yeah. And second, you know, you have to accept that what worked somewhere is not necessarily what you have to do somewhere else for two reasons. Maybe culturally or whatever doesn't fit much. Or mm -hmm. you did something that worked, but it's not optimum. Right? And so yeah. you, what, we, what we started to do was um, to, to listen to the different regions and their proposition and 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 say okay let's try what you propose there and see how it goes right and then if it doesn't go well okay forget it if it goes well and better than anywhere else let's see does it make is it a, like a local special case mm -hmm. and we keep it because it works or sure. is it something that can be applied somewhere else that can also be leveraged yeah. right so uh, i give you one example we didn't have any let's say, inside sales type of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, because it's B2B, so we hire the guys, they go meet directly the customer, they, right. they figure it out. Uh, it, our, our leader in the UK said, I would like to have some you know, young people out of school, doesn't cost, they, they book meetings, yes. they can even do short demos, and you know, like, like it's done also in our organization everywhere, but sure. I was like, ah, I'm not sure we are, uh, we are at this point, but... Okay, let's give it a try. And mm -hmm. it was also said, yeah, but you know, in the UK, whatever reason, right? Yeah. Uh, so sometimes you have to be, I'm, I'm always skeptical, you know, yeah, it's different here than there. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's true, sometimes it's not, right? Yeah. Uh, but as a matter of fact, it went really well. And nowadays, you know, we have this everywhere, right? So, so yeah, uh, it's the same thing with maybe the way you sell, the demos, the presentation. So mm -hmm. uh, you need, we never had this, like, you have a sort of recipe, but not framed in stone. And, you know, like, if you don't do that, you don't get your commission, even if you sell, this is crazy, right? Yeah. But uh, so you need, you need to give a degree of liberty. Mm -hmm. um, um, and for also discovering because you are you're in a constant learning process. You cannot say I've I know everything, right? Of course. And, and the challenge is not always to make the new people and at some point you have this reverse thing. It's that it's easier with the new people mm -hmm. because they will adopt the latest best practices. Sure. And you have the more senior people who are here since 10 years or 5 or whatever. Yeah. They have to de-learn and relearn and that's not always easy either. Mm -hmm. So you need a great onboarding it's also a very challenging thing to put in place. Yeah. Hiring is one thing, but when if people don't know what they have to yeah. do and crucial, yeah, then yeah. it depends on the local manager. Some do a good job, some not, and yeah. doesn't work. But also, you need to to do this continuous learning, de-learning, improvement. So that's very important. And you shouldn't do it, uh, which is sometimes the case with, with organization. You know they. There is this one guy who does this best sales of the month or the year, and he's taken as the example. But you have to be very, as I said before, is it, a, is it based on a trend and mm -hmm. so on? Or is it just like, or is it a great performance, but like a corner case, special case, yeah. that nobody will copy-paste? Sure. because it's Maybe a, a lucky punch, right? Yeah, yeah, well, lucky, but sometimes it's not just luck, it's good work, mm -hmm. but on, on, in a way that 
no one else will be able to do that. Right. Because maybe it requires a special special context mm -hmm. and maybe a specific person. Sure. That yeah, you can do. <laughs> I know some guys. You know, we had. I was amazed. I say I could never do what they do. Yeah. The way they do it. I don't, I'm not saying sign that deal. Maybe yes, maybe no, but mm -hmm. not that way. Yeah. But it's not because they succeed this way that they should stop. But we should not say because it's the best deal or the biggest. Yeah. It's actually the the best duplicatable uh, process, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, so you have to really look a bit beyond the surface. Right. I, I feel like we could just do one episode sure. on that topic alone. <laughs> yeah. One last challenge or obstacle that I want to talk to you about is after 15 years in 2019, you then decided to actually leave your operational role at NextThink. So I was wondering, why was that the right time to, to do so and to also sort of let go of the operational part? I mean, yeah. unicorn status, good business... Yeah, so I'm sure now people who listen, they would say, uh, I'd say, uh, hearing what you just said, you know, this guy is crazy, right? He's talking <laughs> about uh, things that looks really interesting and yeah. promising and successful and maybe with some sort of enthusiasm or passion. Why suddenly you just let go, right? Yeah. Um, so... I, I, I answer that in, in two ways, right? Mm -hmm. uh, who hasn't, you know, I mean, if you look at what you do today, is it, or, or what you like, or the way you live, or what you're about to do tomorrow, is it exactly what you've always been doing? Probably not, right? Yeah. So, in all, whatever you are in, there is, there, at some point, you know, there is something else that will be happening in your in your life or whether it's your it's your choice or not right mm -hmm. and um, and sometimes it's driven by external factors mm -hmm. which in that case wasn't you know it was a, a conscious and conscious decision which i think is always better because uh, and it was not an anticipation of actually getting because the company was successful at this point so i was not sometimes it's worth thinking right uh, mm -hmm. you know should I go before they let me go, right? Um, <laughs> because, I, you know, you, you have some degree of negotiation that are probably better. But mm -hmm. that wasn't the case. It was much more looking at everything else but the company, right? And saying, okay, what do I want in life? Where do I want, you know, let's, let's say I'm still alive in 10 years. You never know, right? Sure. Uh, what do I want to have been doing over this next 10 years, right? Mm -hmm. uh, a little bit more growth, a little bit more... Hiring sales, a little bit more product release. Well, okay, I've done it, right? And now it's, and I think, uh, and uh, of course, it's, there are exciting, you know, times, even today for, for the company. Uh, but I was at a point where, you know, I was not excited as much as I used to, I would say. And I was, I, I think, yes, maybe not, it was not about, renunciation of something it was more about willing to do something else right mm -hmm. and you cannot do everything yeah. so and and the way I, I i let that go was a little bit progressive let's put it this way mm -hmm. it was not like one morning i go and say okay <laughs> uh goodbye yeah. um so you know you you do a bit i had when i left i had no more team i had no more team under mm -hmm. supervision i was more w working project by project taking some resource yeah. 
to, to work with me and you know and, and when I was about to start a new project I decided that you know somebody else will do it and then I will I will leave the, the operational uh, the operations of the company and and I know what I wanted to do uh, outside that so I had no like a uh, depression or you know it's not like uh, you feel uh, bored or alone or that was not yeah. the plan that was not the program right mm -hmm. it was really okay uh, between you know where you are your expectations and what you value and things like that so it's yeah, yeah that's and I think it's sometimes healthy I think it's worse right if you have somebody with used to be bullish and so on and suddenly is getting a little bit uh, frustrated or yeah. not feeling exactly at his place if you want yeah. uh, so no it was a I think of course it's always you leave something that I had a great pleasure to build mm -hmm. that I could have the, the problem is always you know it's like if you if you do a I was talking about this ultra marathon right yeah. uh, you can always do one more step sure right they always it never stops you can, exactly yeah. so but if but if so if you look this one more step this to go to the goal you've set yourself mm -hmm. that's how you have to do it because right. if you say oh, oh my god it's 100 kilometers i have to run how many steps is that you know yeah. i don't know how many thousands right so yeah. you get depressed yeah. so you do one at the time yes. and when you are very tired you say if I, I if i quit this race it means i cannot do the next one no mm -hmm. i could so that, that's a good way to visualize such a race and and, and, and in a, in, when you want to quit a big part of what is in your life, the reason you don't, it's because one more step is always possible. Yeah. But what you have to look at is to go where, to do what. Because if one more step is possible, so I should, not, I should do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the next one, and then you're never out of it. Exactly. So you have to say, okay, but basically, I, you know, if you don't see anymore where this is heading, it means, you know, I want to head somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, and and you move out, but of course you can always do a little bit more. Sure. And and then you have to realize, okay, I don't do it, and yeah, yeah. that's that's the idea. Have you ever regretted now looking back that you left? No, nope, never. No, no, I'm. Huh. No, I, I think it's. I, I even some you know I, I looked like very recently last two weeks or. You know, it was a big release of a completely new platform product. Very happy for, for the company, the right. team, that they could accomplish this great uh, performance and fantastic product. I, I, I just booked with the head of product a demo. I'm going to go to the <laughs> nice. office in two, three weeks because yeah. I'm interested to see it, but I'm happy for... But I'm, I'm, I remain a shareholder of the company, so yeah. I'm happy if the company stays healthy and, and well but I'm not uh, you know part of it uh, besides that and no I, I, I'm not feeling like that's exactly the point right with it's like it's not you know I, because I didn't have any more this goal right I want to mm -hmm. be there the day it ha this happens yeah. of course then you do the next steps on the next so I, I, I was for me it was like okay what could be the next let's say um, milestone in this adventure N not a new product release because I've lived so many mm -hmm. uh, completely new product and so on so we can always do another one maybe IPO okay I never right. lived that but I probably never will 
but that was for me something yeah too far out to to imagine continuous step it's like a you know, you don't have 100 kilometers to do, but 1,000, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's too, it was too too blurry, right? Right. If yeah. you want, and um, so that's that's why I'm not uh, regretting anything. Mm -hmm. And I've done so many other things in the meantime, and I'm always looking and I'm saying, "Wow, okay, now the company valuation is much higher. If I had kept my shares, the shares I sold." I would be having even more money, but then you say, yeah, but so what, yeah, right? right? I wouldn't have done all what I did yeah. because there is one thing it's hard to buy, it's time, mm -hmm. right? And, and the opportunity to, to, to use the time really the way you, without a lot of um, constraint, right. which is what I wanted. Because right. it's one thing to be able to, you know, uh, take a day off or have flexible work time, which was the case at Nixie. But you still have a lot of parameters around you uh, that can put you at certain level of stress, which is not very compatible with, um, you know, going to do some challenging, mm -hmm. mentally, physically challenging climbs, for example, right. which I like to do. Which for me is easier now because I can focus. I don't have uh, 20 things on the side, which which is a way to also do it very relaxed. Absolutely. Now, of course, you also wonder what will you do in the future. What are your plans for the future? Do you want to build another company? Do you want to work on other projects that you already started and initiated? What will be your focus for these days and beyond? So I I know what I I can do now. I, and as I said very earlier, right? So I never lived with, you know, plans. What do I do after what I do is over, right? Mm -hmm. As I said, I, I, I wanted to, to, to attempt, you know, to be proficient in sport. I did what I could, uh, probably reach my limits. And once you're there, you say, okay, uh, okay. And, but I, I, while I was doing it, I was never thinking, what do I, I, you know there is an end, yeah. but, but, but you don't know when. So I never worried what's going to be next. Mm -hmm. And then I was working at Cisco and uh, I, I knew, I know, uh, probably there will be an end. I will get fired or I will get tired of it or suddenly there is another opportunity. I had no idea and I, I was not thinking about it. Yeah. And suddenly, boom, you, you are in front of something that generates some special feelings for you and you say okay i'm ready to to give up on this great salary in this great company with a lot of comfortable you know work situation which was my case mm -hmm. uh to go to this unpaid uh crazy stuff that nobody believes in except us which probably we should usually when you're only three to believe in something and the rest of the world doesn't means usually you're wrong right right uh so you want to Prove the contrary, which I found it pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, uh, and and when I started Nexting, you know, I had no idea if it would last. At the beginning, I thought it would end at 2006 because mm -hmm. we were out of money and uh, you know out of out of everything except some energy, still a little bit. Um, and then we had some re-energized events, which which allowed us to 
to you know to, to continue and, and ramp up. Uh, but but I couldn't say I do. I never said I do that five years and then you know if I don't reach this, I had no idea, right? So mm -hmm. as long as as long as I have the ability to deliver at the right level, yeah. uh, that I believe not so many others could. On my, I'm ready to continue. So now, if what I do, I'm able to do it, and I have a passion and and happiness. I'm not thinking about what's what's next, but I know it could be a great adventure somewhere. Yeah, I mean, you, you, actually, you don't decide, right? Yeah. Uh, especially if you have a little bit of freedom to operate with the way your life is set up, right? Mm -hmm. So. But but what you don't decide is, you know, if if you if you meet somebody or a context that, you know, you say, wow, that I would really, I, I would be ready to put 100% of my time into that. Yes. If when this happened, it happens, right? True. Yeah. Then you do it or not, <laughs> that's something else. But, yeah. voila, that's uh, uh that's so so now I'm a lot involved with because I like to. I like to think about, you know, how to create a new business, new product, new business model and develop a company. So I'm more involved from advisor, board member, nice. uh, investor yeah. into startup projects mm -hmm. or, or other projects uh, where there is something. So I, and I look also if, okay, about the meaning of this and, but at the moment, I'm happy with the way it's to be a little bit more uh, saying what you should do if I wear you and not doing it myself, which Absolutely. is very comfortable. Yeah. Uh, but I and but but I know one day maybe I say I would like to do it by myself. Sure. And yeah. Why not doing it? Let's see what the future exactly. brings. Exactly. So I'm right? not. I don't have a plan, and I think that's very. Uh, it's a very uh, luxury. It's a big luxury. You know, I don't have a. Yeah. I don't have a jet or a big yacht or. <laughs> Uh, I don't sleep in five-star hotels all the time, uh, big, you know, crazy travel, but uh, my luxury is uh, liberty of choice of this kind of things, uh, a lot of time for myself, which is also valuable, or if not more. Absolutely. And you never know when it ends, because it can end uh, because of, uh, you never know, oh. you know, what happened outside. Sure. <laughs> One day, you know, you, everybody's out of money, huh? Because yeah. <laughs> everybody, everything collapsed. Why not? Um, uh, or you get a health issue, and uh, mm -hmm. you know, and then it's even not anymore the question, right? Of course, uh, the priorities so, shift. Yes, very yeah. quickly. And I learned that the hard way. You know, if you do mountaineering, mm -hmm. the the sad thing on on that, it's very beautiful. It's very amazing to to do this this climbs and this you know, great sceneries and great time sharing with people. But it's, there is some risk, right? Of course. And sometimes the risk leads to, you know, people not coming back. And then everybody I know who is pretty active up there, they have people that were close who, mm -hmm. you know, who didn't come back. And, and a lot of people tell me, yeah, so that should, you know, you should not, you don't go anymore. It's the contrary, right? Because you don't go, you don't go blindly. You know, you, there is also, but you realize things can change very rapidly. You know, and, and it's not only 
maybe they don't die, but if you end up, you know, not walking or, yeah. you know, it's also a very big shift in your life. And, but it can happen also driving a car or, uh, or whatever. So, but you learn it a little bit, maybe more. Um, and, and this, you know, also, I would say, made me also decide to shift a little bit priorities for sure. Mm-hmm. To wrap up the conversation, Marcel, we have some rapid-fire questions for you prepared. Okay. So I give you a question or different options to choose from, and you have to answer in just one sentence. Questions were not submitted. Huh? No, no, absolutely not. I'm scared. You ready? Yes. The first one, when was the last time that you changed your mind on something important? I don't know. I think it's something you do every day. Yeah. Uh, yes, sure. For sure. Yes. How many hours of sleep did you get last night? Uh, probably nine. Nice. I have an average of eight, nine, that's, at least every night now. That's perfect. Which wasn't the case before, and that's also yeah. contributing to some, um, I think, healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Beer or wine? Why choose? <laughs> Both. <Yeah. laughs> mountains or the sea? Oh, mountains. That's a clear choice. Um, What's the most important quality entrepreneurs should have, if you can just pick one? Passion. Ah, I like that. What are you most proud of in your life? I, I'm proud of having always tried my best. I like that's, that. That's what I want to say, yeah. Because, ah. you know, in cycling, of course, I, you know, I, I, had the, 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 I was lucky enough to be in the same team as a couple of guys who ended up on the podium in Tour de France and so mm-hmm. on. So I raced with... People who had a lot of talent, they were very good. I was less, I was, I could not reach, so I was a little bit below. And, but I did my best, right? Mm-hmm. So, so at the end, you can say, if I say I'm proud of this, you could say, yeah, but you didn't achieve, you know, the, the right. highest level. But, you know, and probably in business is the same, you know, what is a, a one million evaluate, evaluation when you have startups, 100 million, a billion, sure. sorry, yeah. valuation. So, but at least I always tried my best in every in things I put the focus on. Mm-hmm. Yes, I and, like and and I also allowed myself to do just best effort on on other things. Yeah. But yes, what does money mean to you? It means problem <laughs> when there is too much. I like that too. But yeah. uh, of course, uh, <laughs> yeah, when it's in your pocket, it's it's problems. Mm-hmm. When it's in in purpose, yeah. it's a good thing. Yeah, wonderful. The last question for you today, Zurich or Lausanne? Zinal, <laughs> where I live now. Good answer, I like that. Vincent, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. I feel like we could go on for hours to talk about your journeys and, and learnings along the way. All the best, lots of success for the future and thank you so much for the conversation. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, you can support us by rating our show on Apple Podcasts. This way, we can reach an ever-growing number of aspiring entrepreneurs.